Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to a very special episode of the Queen Pod, a very exciting one. She knows how to rock and roll. It's comedian and vocalist, Suze Kempner. Thank you. I'm a vocalist now. Yeah, well, I was going to put, well, yeah, vocalist. Is that right? Thank you. Is that right? I'm talking right now. She knows how to rock and roll. It's comedian and singer, Suze Kempner. Vocalist. Vocalist is better. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no time for sleeping, baby. Soon it's round your street I'm creeping. You better be ready, Queen Documentarian Simon Lupton. Creeping in a street near you very soon. Yes, yeah. hello. Exactly. Originally I was going to give that one to Suze and then I thought, no, 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 she'd have to take out an injunction. I consider him a challenge before the whole human race. Here's comedian John Robbins. Thank you very much. That's my favourite so so far. I think. Oh, good. Good. I mean, I don't put any effort into these. Make the bed, light the light. It's me, Ro, your host. And we are here this week to discuss uh, Queen around the world. Queen and Adam Lambert around the world, which is an awesome thing to be doing because we have the great fortune of, uh, while recording the podcast, Queen have released a new album, a number one album. Woo! Yeah. Thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, Queen and Adam Lambert live around the world. Uh, It is a wonderful thing. So we've had a good old listen to it and we thought we'd wish you guys through it and, uh, uh, you know, hopefully you guys will check it out because it is wonderful if you haven't already uh grabbed hold of it already uh so yeah have we all had fun with this yes yeah do we have any stats on how uh it got to number one on how many sales it had or because there it was there was an article about the battle between queen and modern k-pop phenomenon Black, I whose name Black i can't Pink? remember is it Blackpink? I've got the I've got the top five. I haven't got the sales, but I've got the top five that we've had okay. this week. Uh, so it, it reached number one. Uh, so 
Queen and Adam Lambert, live around the world, reached number one on the UK charts on the 9th of October. It's Queen's 10th number one in the UK, their first since Made in Heaven back in November 95, almost 25 years ago, and nearly 45 years since their first number one album, A Night of the Opera, back in December 75. And the top five albums in the UK charts in the week ending the 9th of October 2020 was uh, number five, Bon Jovi, with their album 2020. Uh, number four, Songs From My Heart by Amanda Holden. She's 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 doing well there. Uh, number three, What's the Story, Morning Glory, Oasis. I think, is that just sits at number three at like all times? Is that what goes on? It's just always uh, in the two, top five. Unless, unless that's incredibly incorrect. Uh, <laughs> number two, The Album by Blackpink. Ooh. That's the K-pop band that you were talking about. The number one, live around the world, Queen and Adam Lambert. Isn't that fantastic? Um, yeah. yeah, so there was a real war, I think, because um, they've done a lot, actually, I think, Queen, to, you know, let everyone know it's out there. And it is a cracking album as well. <laughs> There's so many, so many good songs on it. On the official chart website, they did a really exhaustive uh, list of facts uh, of of Queen's um, Queen at number one, and there were a few about the um, amount of albums they've had get to number one. Yeah. So this was before uh, it was confirmed that they'd got it. So this is their tenth. But Queen, I'll just run you through a couple of them quickly. Uh, Queen have uh, nine UK number one albums, the third most amongst British bands behind the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Wow. Um, the Queen, Queen are one of only 14 acts to claim nine chart topic albums, which is now 10. Uh, Queen have claimed uh, top three albums in each of the last five decades, the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s and 2010s. Wow. That's and, and now 2020s. Uh, and now 20. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think they've done all... T- Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now twenty twenty, so another another six record. Decades. Was that six decades? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, span. Queen have spent twenty one weeks at number one on both uh, the singles and album charts, and this is quite extraordinary. Queen's greatest hits has spent nine hundred and two weeks on the official album chart <gasps> top one hundred, the third most ever behind Abba's Gold and Bob Marley and the Whalers' Legend. Wow! So eight I, to eighteen years. Nearly. Yeah, so wow. I think that the having ten number one albums uh, bumps them above a few other people. Mm. Um, I think even potentially Bob Dylan. I have all three of those albums. Uh, do you? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, everyone does, yeah. according yeah. to those. Yeah. Yeah. But Queen Greatest Hits was the first one of those I got. <laughs> ah, Queen for Life. If you, it's amazing <laughs> if you look at Queen's Greatest Hits on the uh, albums charts. Obviously, it has like every chart position they've had every week and it just keeps it's just always there yeah, it basically. Is. Yeah. and it's yeah. it's yeah. In the, so. i think it's in the top 30 at the minute yeah that's amazing <laughs> it's such a good compilation album it's so so yeah. good uh, as is this uh, you know what struck me i mean I, i'm amazed that it's a single cd actually uh, you've got what 20 i mean corking live tracks on there and it is packed with songs but what's amazing is almost how many songs aren't on there particularly missing for me is dragon attack from the 2015 tour uh one of their biggest probably probably their most famous song i think their most famous song <laughs> um 
certainly their coolest. I know for a fact that Huey out of uh, Fun Loving Criminals consider it his favourite um, uh, Queen track. So I do, I, I, I absolutely adored it when they when they broke out in that one. Um, but they have actually just selected a wonderful, a wonderful group of songs here. I thought we should just um, wander through them and have a chat. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll try and try and get it done with. S- s- form of expediency mm. compared you, to what we normally do, do <laughs> talk for hours about one little thing do you have simon do you have any info about how it came about or when it was decided they were going to put an album out yeah it was when the tour had to be postponed um so delayed by a year um to sort of mark one of the what would have been one of their shows they did a watch party um which was sort of live uh, online where they just put together a, a collection of some of live moments that had been filmed and people could watch it live and sort of come together in a sort of queen party at the same time to watch something online. And that went down so well. Um, and the fans just responded so positively to sort of the, the love of seeing some live content that um, I think it might have been Roger who just sort of first mooted the idea, well, what about putting together a live album with an accompanying DVD. And so they set about choosing what tracks, which was sort of um, informed by obviously wanting to put some great hits on there, but also what concerts over those years they'd been touring with Adam that had been filmed by more than just the cameras that film the concerts for the screens. Because the thing with... Oh, yeah. You have about 11 cameras filming each show, but they are all close up because that's going to go on the screen at the back of the, the stage. And you don't want a big wide shot of the stage because the audience can see that for themselves. They want to be able to see close up what's going on. So you don't really get a sense of the scale of the show because they never show the audience and they never really show the, you know, the whole stage in all its glory. Um, but along the way, other cameras have been added for various reasons um, to create more, more of a spectacle. Um, so that helped inform visually what, what tracks got picked um and they basically from that built a sort of a con a, a sort of a fake concert if you like um spanning shows from 2014 right up to january 2020 and it finishes as we'll get to later um with a set from the firefight concert in australia um mm. back in earlier this year mm. so um I yeah so i think it me. was it was sort of sorry Ray, it was sort of designed as a a Sorry, we can't be on the road. Hope this keeps you going until next year, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, actually, before my question, uh, I, d- mm. I, I rather enjoyed the Instagram post from Brian and Roger. Did you guys see that? Where Brian sort of had the little, yeah, we're number one, just really sweet little, yeah. you know, and very nice. And then Roger was already down the pub. Toasting us. But he did make that point. He did sort of gently say, I hope this makes up in some way for the delay on the tour, which I thought was brilliant, actually. Really, really, really cool. Um, yeah. uh, but my question for you is, how many GoPros did Roger end up with on his drum kit, do you think, since <laughs> you, me, and producer Giles, by which I mean producer Giles, put two Gro- GoPros on his drum kit back at the uh, last performance of We Will Rock You? We Will Rock You. You're right, we did, didn't we? Um, I think there's about three, possibly four GoPros sort of mounted on, on the drum kit. Oh, yeah. Um, That's right. To, to, to get those shots. Um, but, yeah. 
it's they're, they're great because they, yeah. they look you get really up close and personal to yeah to what Rodney i love that and i also like the is it a needle camera that uh uh brian has on the fret of his guitar sometimes that just a pen camera or something that looks yeah like the fret it, it goes on the um, the spare guitar that he uses for Fat Bottom Girls because there's no way no. they're going to screw a camera to the Red Special. No, <laughs> that would be sacrilege. <laughs> um, yeah. But he uses a spare one for Fat Bottom Girls because it's down tuned. Um, oh yeah, cool. Guitarists will know what why you would do that. But um, uh, so yeah, so they they mount and they use that on some of the tours. It's not on any of the the, the DVD content, but I've seen footage from those shows where. You're getting a fantastic view of, of of you know Brian on the fretboard and what he's doing, and sometimes he then spins it round and points it at the uh, the audience. So I have to say, listening to the album does really make me want to get the Blu-ray because you do get a couple of extra tracks on the Blu-ray as well, don't you? You get the um, the amazing drum battles that between that's Roger between Roger and, and Rufus, his son Roger Rufus. And Rufus yeah. yeah, fantastic. Uh, which is incredible, uh, and and a guitar solo which was. Last Horizon as well. Yeah, yeah, there simply wasn't space on the CD. I understand to physically to space, Physi- physical <laughs> space. It's not a creative choice. It was literally we couldn't put enough on there, and um, they went with the big hits, which is understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got your CD for the car. I'm totally gonna get the Blu-ray because I want get to the see Blu-ray. the stuff. Well, yeah, also one, one thing that is worth pointing out, even though it sounds obvious, is what you don't get with the CD is the incredible spectacle of the show they put on, yeah. which mm. when I when I saw them at the O2, absolutely blew my mind. I'd never seen anything even approaching the light show they had. Yeah. And I don't think they had, the, you know, the one with Frank on that enormous yeah. mesh yeah. screen. Yeah, they've got a giant robot. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, that. <laughs> you mentioned that on a previous pod, didn't you, that how amazing Frank punching through the screen and that's on the on the Blu-ray and DVD because yeah. the, the show opens with Tear It Up and that's and, and that's from that tour so you you, you mm. unfortunately the, the DVD and Blu-ray never does it quite the justice that you, it is but isn't that the point you go to yeah. see it live because it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's much more but it goes a long way to showing you just how extraordinary that effect was yeah. but also the, the, the sort of clouds and rainbow lights that they had during I think it's lo- it was Love of My Life no it was Who Wants to Live Forever Who Wants to Live Forever yeah that I that is insane how they did that yeah it was like being in you would it's the sort of thing you would you would feel like you were you would pay that just to see the lights alone like you would go <laughs> to sort of a planetarium to watch it it was it was extraordinary yeah well as one of the first people to actually go and see the Millennium Dome when it was first erected very early on in January I was one of those guys me and my sister went down there and we watched one of the, the only people to go and see the Millennium Dome <laughs> actually, now I think of it it wasn't busy and, uh, <laughs> and I, got I, say, I could have been on Have I Got News For You in 2003 with that level of humor. <laughs> was there something to do with Queen because I went to the Millennium Dome it was it was me. Honestly, who, uh, all I remember to... was this thing called float, where you'd sit inside a womb. This is not important. <laughs> all I was there saying wasn't anything was anything to do with Queen. Queen <laughs> all I'm trying to do is say that Queen have done the best live show in since the O2 the Millennium Dome since ever. Actually, <laughs> do you know what? Since that was a very ever. all of it has to be cut for time. So rely on that. <laughs> You're right. the The album does open with "Tear It Up" uh, from the O2 gig in London uh, on the second of July, twenty eighteen. Um, 
which was the uh, the fourth leg of their 2017 to 2018 tour. Uh, and what a cool way to open up. Uh, I mean, I don't think they played Tear It Up that much since, certainly not since the, um, the Radio Gaga tour. Uh, and it was such a welcome opening. I, I love that track. I think it's the second track on on uh, the works, and I've always loved it. And I thought it was just a brilliant opening. So yeah, loved it. Um, absolutely brilliant. Um, and then they go into Now I'm Here, uh, which was on Summer, which was from Summer Sonic in Tokyo, in Japan, in 2014. And there's some very very cool bits. Uh, in here there's this really lovely bit which seems to refer to something going on in the audience um but and simon you might know about this um but uh uh there's a couple of bits that i want to play from here uh a just how awesome it is when it actually just kicks in and then there's a couple of little bits of business with the audience that i think are fun and worth listening to Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this album needs to be listened to very loudly in the car or very loudly on your headphones at maximum volume. It's not for listening out of your tinny computer speakers at all. It will immerse you. You will hear the crowds going and that roar from them. But also, sorry, how many drums does Roger actually have, please? (laughs) That is enormous. (laughs) Phenomenal! They're all of them. You've got um, you've got the Duke's uh, 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 keyboards flying over the top there, and everything. Oh, it's just a huge, wondrous. And again, you know, we were talking about this uh, on Sheer Heart Attack Part One. That now I'm here is a track that they've always played live, pretty much. I don't think it's ever. Certainly, it was in there all the way up to the Magic Tour, um, and I don't think they've dropped it post Magic Tour. I think it's a, it's it. it's a it's a deserved regular isn't it and i think you could argue one of the best openings they had you know on yeah. their live tours when they when they would open a show with it mm. um because you've you've got the crowd really anticipating it and then as soon as they hear that guitar starts mm. the audience just goes into an absolute frenzy yeah um and then if you can imagine as you're hearing that initial now i'm here you're just seeing a silhouette of Adam on one yeah. side of the screen, yeah. on one side of the stage, and then he appears on the other. Yeah. Mm. And then as it kicks in, the curtain drops and the lights come on and the noise begins. So, yeah. you, you know, if you've got anyone left standing after that opening two minutes, I know, right? you've done righteous, really well. Absolutely righteous. Yeah. I've, you know, I've got something to say about people standing at gigs. Um, <laughs> basically, I will say this. So I think... 
so I mean, I've been lucky enough to see them every tour since the, you know, including the tribute, and then I've seen them live, you know, ever since then, which is really cool, uh, and very privileged and very happy. And what I've noticed is certainly in the initial part of that it was like really, really strong Queen fans, Queen fans, Queen fans. Um, and then as time has worn on, I found that some of the seated areas are uh, maybe people who feel like they should see Queen while they can or something like that. Is that fair to say? Uh, and it just, it just, I'm always there because I'm, I'm too old and fat to stand there anymore. So I always sit up in the, in the gods. And then I, I'm, I'm leaping up and jumping about from the very beginning. And everyone around me is like, we can't see. Um, and then by the time we're into track two, it doesn't matter. Everyone is, everyone is up. Everyone is up. You can't, you can't not because they, they always kick off so righteously. And it is that first sort of 10 minutes of a Queen gig. is It's like a rocket taking off. Absolutely love it. There's just that nice little bit where he says down in the front row, just Freddie and me. And I just wondered if it was something that's picked up on on the DVD, but I'm not sure. I don't know if it's worth discussing. Uh, he, he, I mean, he sings it and then he gets a, a cheer, doesn't it? Um, but there's ah. the bit later on where he goes, um, where it goes now all I'm quiet. Here, Tokyo. Tokyo. Now I'm It's really sing. nice that they they you have these different mentions of different places all throughout the album because it's one sort of point of difference it has from like a, a Queen live album, a previous Queen live album, is they tended to be one gig. So it's Queen Rock, Rock Montreal or Live mm. at Milton Keynes or Wembley in 86. Whereas this is by necessity a, a sort of a, a greatest hits of the tours. So it's nice that you get that feeling that this one's in London and this one's in Tokyo and this one's in Australia. I really, I really. So you do feel you are live mm. around the world. Yeah. We, what we've got up next is a, a little bit of another one, Bites the Dust, which is funky as all heck. It's so good. Uh, really joyful there. Um, and then uh, we get uh, Fat Bottom Girls from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, USA in 2019, where they played with the, uh, is it the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders? Which was such an outrageous rock and roll move. I'm sure uh, a lot of you have seen that clip on YouTube. Um, but is that on the Blu-ray, that particular? Yeah. All the girls come uh, out and dance and it's so outrageous. It is. It, it's, yeah, it looks amazing. Mm, and it they does. do. They are so incredible to watch. They are just brilliant you know and you know brian is doing one of the longest guitar solos i think he does uh, you know on on a live set and they are on just purpose. yeah <laughs> dancing away the whole way without dropping any kind of energy level they are incredible i mean they are athletes aren't they <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, manage that. it's incredible but there's a lovely bit where where Adam sings the line, no beauty queens in this locality. And he's just absolutely surrounded. <laughs> by, 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 and he actually, as he sings it, he goes, well, actually. You know, it's, it's, it's a nice moment. Yeah, well, and th- they've lost none of their sense of humour there, right? Their, their tongue is as firmly in cheek as 
as uh, as it's ever been. Yeah, absolutely oh, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, Should we listen to a tiny bit of Fat Bottom Girls? Is it's that worth track, doing? I think so. Um, I just thought it might be nice to listen to uh, a bit of the uh, from towards the end. Now get on your bikes Adam can really sing. The man can sing. You know, it's, it's I th- you know, yeah. I just, I think it's wonderful. I think for me, this was particularly the last tour I saw them do, uh, which was the one that John was talking about. Was I think the first time where, you know, Freddie is always present in these gigs, and Adam always has this wonderful attitude of look. I'm just here to help us all enjoy the music and that is clear but I think on this last tour they are legit they came across legit as an as their own band in their own right and uh, I think they they gelled together so well and Adam can freaking sing these songs so well he's so so brilliant I love him on it um and he has that flamboyance uh, and makes the whole thing a party as it's ever been so yeah yeah, that's what I've got I, to say about Mister. I think so. I, th- I don't think there is anyone who who doesn't wish that Freddie could be doing this. I, don't, I think of that's course. given, and and I include Adam yeah. in that. Um, but you're right; he's he's up there doing an amazing job at enabling us to go along and still see them live. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, you know, like you, I'm grateful for him for doing it and for them carrying on because. It's still a wonderful thing to be able to go and see and hear these amazing mm. songs. Yeah. yeah. How, how does his voice compare to Freddie's, Suze? Because he, he oh. sounds to me like a sort of West End musical director's dream. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that amazing yeah. musical theatre sort of voice. Yes. So Adam comes from musical theatre and he quit the musical Wicked to audition for American Idol. Um presumably because he had it on quite good authority that it would do him good and it definitely did um so he has the sort of dream musical theater voice like you say he can go in any direction with it uh there's footage online of him singing a very sweet legit musical theater song from a musical called brigadoon and you'd never know it was him he can put his voice in any song in any place and there couldn't be a better lead singer for Queen in to be able to tour with now like we say um especially because he clearly grew up listening to Queen he clearly loves Queen um and you need a tenor to sing Freddie's songs even though Freddie was not a tenor he was a baritone with this unique way of being able to pull his baritone voice up into dizzy heights that don't sound that high 
when he does it because it's such a thick sound. So when Adam does it, you suddenly go, oh, this amazing guy with this really high tenor voice, um, you you can then hear how high these songs are, but you get to hear them sung so brilliantly. Yeah. By ju- He's just one of the best singers I've ever heard, yeah. <laughs> Adam Lambert. Wow. And when I saw him, because I watched American Idol when he was on it in, I think, 2009, and I remember in the final... They, I went, oh my God, it's Queen, oh my God, because they came out as that special guest and they sang We Are The Champions. Adam didn't even win the show, he came second. But I remember watching it just being like, oh, this is really special, them uh, playing with him. And I thought, I wonder if they'd known about him before. Uh, and from what I can tell, they hadn't. It just was pure serendipity that he, it just seemed perfect when he sang We Are The Champions with Queen in the American Idol final. And I went, oh, he should tour with Queen. He should tour with Queen. And then literally <laughs> oh. about two years later, Adam Lambert's touring with Queen. <laughs> you should totally be an A&R, Sus. <laughs> 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 That's so cool. Uh, yeah, and actually, that I think that story is well told in a documentary called The Show Must Go On. Uh, the Queen and Adam Lambert story is made by oh, some English white guy. Some guy. I can't, remember, I can't remember who it is, but I think it's on Netflix and it's, it's such on a great Netflix. watch. You should check it out. Um, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Um, uh, right, so uh, there's a couple of tracks. Uh, a brilliant version of um, Don't Stop Me Now from Rock and Rio uh, in Lisbon, Portugal, 2016. Uh, and I Want to Break Free uh, from the same uh, same uh, gig. But I want to move on to Somebody to Love from the Isle of Wight Festival in 2016. Um, And there's this, (laughs) they just do this awesome thing uh, with the track that I absolutely, I mean, I would say that on balance, Somebody to Love is, must be my favourite Queen song. Um, So I have some bias here, um, but I I think it is their best track for me personally. Um, And then, and they do this crazy thing at the end of it. Come on, Isle of Wight, I want to see you get crazy. about playing the end of tracks from live tracks because the endings are so huge um but wow what a glorious surprise and 
just made everyone have a big old freaking dance at the end. I love that they're bold with stuff live. And uh, there was that lovely tour where Brian sort of did um, sort of an acoustic-y opening to Hammer to Fall one time and stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. What do we think of somebody's love? It's great. And you can hear there that um, Adam's voice is kind of closer to Roger's sound than Freddie's. Um and and the whole arrangement, apart from that ending, that the whole arrangement and the way Adam sings it is it more reminiscent of the George Michael version, mm. um, and it makes it more than just a cover of a Queen song. It's like a great version of the song. Like I think when they first started working with him, a lot of people were saying, like he's not Freddie. What mm. what he can't do that Freddie could do, but actually. The more you listen to it, the more you realise there are also a lot of things Adam can do that Freddie couldn't yeah. do. And that that final sort of belt there is a really good example mm. of, of that because Freddie wouldn't hit that note for that no. long in that way. Uh, he would do something different. So they they both offer something different to the songs. Yeah, I think that's yeah. it. I think Adam is now relaxed with, into his role with the band uh, in a way that enables him to do what he wants to do with the songs without taking anything away from their history at all. In mm. fact, he's building on it. And um, yeah, I think it's righteous. They're, they are being bold with their music. and I, I love it. It's it's a real party, that, yeah. that moment. I think it's just yeah. awesome. And yeah. they sound awesome together. Yeah. Uh, I know that it says on the documentary, they say, like, no one can believe we're actually doing all our harmonies live. And then they show them doing the harmonies before the show and it's it's so awesome but again because Adam's come from musical theatre where your voice has to blend with a company he's able to just slot in um, mm. into that with Brian and Roger it's mm. really cool there is a there is a moment that I remember from your documentary uh, Simon that the um, the show must go on where Roger says with a little just this lovely little smile on his face uh, you know uh, Adam could sing anything <laughs> Yeah. absolute confidence yeah. boy can sing anything <laughs> you know you're like yeah yeah, yeah he really can um, the fact that that Adam makes it look effortless yeah it's no small go OMT but you often I think there's you sometimes think about um female vocalists with them I think that you know someone like Lady Gaga who I think is mm. a big Queen fan obviously uh, mm. and uh was it Jessie J who sang with them was yeah it at the Olympics, Olympics? yeah you know but to yeah to 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 I think in Adam they they've just found a fantastic yeah it's time. amazing yeah, well, you see because in the ninety two Freddie tribute concert it's like we need every one of these singers to do a different <laughs> song because no one could do all of them and mm. then with Adam you can do all mm. of the songs mm. yeah yeah and also it is lovely listening to their sound in twenty twenty they've got a huge sound it's still very Queen but it mm. feels very current. They've just treated every track in its own, with its own little production value. I just, I just love how all the tracks sound on this album. Um, uh, speaking of which, we're up to Love Kills, the ballad, um, uh, which is a Freddie track that we've never heard. He, well, Freddie never really performed live. Is that right? Maybe no, not so didn't. much. Yeah. Anyway, he never toured like Mr. Bad Guy or anything, did he? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, <sighs> It is a wonderful song, and it's a wonderful version of the song. The bit that excites me the most is sort of when it goes all Frankie goes to Hollywood, <laughs> which I really like. Is that all right if we don't listen to the actual ballady bit? Do you guys mind? 
<laughs> Not at all. so difficult to stop playing these tracks oh my god uh yeah huge huge version of the track uh really fun stunning really really fun it's worth um perhaps just sort of a a nod to um neil fairclough who's uh the bassist with, with with queen and adam lambert who um, I've had the pleasure of meeting. He's not only a lovely guy, but I think is a phenomenal bass player and is a massive fan uh, and lover of John Deacon uh, as, as a as a performer. So, in in the way that that Adam is is paying homage to 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 what Freddie did, Neil is absolutely doing that to John as well. And I I just think you listen to some of the bass lines on these songs, and they are they are incredible. It's, um, you kind of forget there's a bassist mm. at some points and then it's like oh wow not only is there a bassist but he's he's a phenomenal bassist yeah, as well yeah yeah i've been mean, bites the dust and under pressure my god mm. um absolutely mm-hmm. awesome uh, they also do i was born to love you uh, which was uh freddie track so the love kills uh, ballad version is from the iheart radio theater in la uh in 2014 and then uh, i was born to love you was from summer sonic in tokyo um, and then on the Blu-ray, you get Drum Battle, which is awesome. And then we get into Under Pressure, which is great fun, isn't it? Mm. Yes. I love uh, Roger's vocals on this.
I love how um, how Roger's sort of gravelly voice contrasts with Adam's more sort of polished um, uh, range. I think it's it's super that that track especially. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it is a duet. That track is a duet, yeah. and Roger has always played an important part in the live versions. I think Under Pressure, mm-hmm. but he is very. I can't much wait for us here, to get to Under Pressure when we actually the album track Under Pressure. Oh yeah, yeah. What well, we get top <laughs> space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My God. Um, now, uh, we're on to... So that was... Uh, Under Pressure was from New York in 2019. Uh, we're back to Isla White now for Who Wants to Live Forever. Should we listen to a little bit of that? <laughs> Basically, I love the uh, sound of Brian's guitar uh, in that solo. That oh, lovely, yeah, it's stunning. Oh, it's beautiful. Stunning. It's like silk, um, kind mm. of that sound that he has on Lost Horizon and Bijou, and he's kind of got that going on mm. stage. And I love that. But uh, I imagine you got a thing to, <laughs> to say about how Mr. Lambert gets his mouth around uh, this. Well, song. it's my it's my favourite track on the album. And it's got so much behind it. Cause this is an amazing song anyway. And we heard, uh, Freddie sang it live on the Magic Tour, didn't he? Um, but this was performed the night after there was a shooting uh, by a terrorist in a gay bar in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Um, I think Adam. I think fifty people. Fifty people were killed, and um, it's. So this is probably a bit deep, but Adam is clearly um, singing with a huge amount of emotion. Uh, and Adam, who's openly gay himself, singing this song the night after that attack um, makes this like a really special musical moment. And it's it's not just about that. It's about this is about Freddie and everything. And 
uh, like I had to take a moment when I yeah. heard this on the CD for the first time. It's it's just really incredible. And then aside from that is his astonishing vocal in this. Like that's just a cr- crazy masterclass in rock singing. Mm. Well said. It's incredible. It sort of shows how easy that track would have been to pick for the album Mm. but I wonder with the other songs it must have been really difficult because if you're say recording Wembley 86 Mm -hmm. what you what I'm guessing what you do is you record both concerts there you pick the best concert and if there's an absolute complete car crash of a song where everything breaks you you maybe edit in the 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 audio from the other concert but with this, because they had so much to choose from, say they say they've got ten concerts, uh, so you've got ten versions of I don't know, another one bites the dust, and Brian really likes his guitar on one, and Roger really likes his drums on another, and Adam really likes his vocals on a third. Mm. How on earth do you make that decision? Because <laughs> so, there's never going to be a perfect version of every song that everyone's happy with. But I think with Who Wants to Live Forever, it was that seems no like brainer. a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's sort of the it's the quintessential Queen moment on the album as well because there's something really unique about Queen who had this um, openly gay uh, lead singer. They were kind of this LGBT friendly rock band. It's unique. Was he openly gay? I think that's well towards the end. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I think. he, he wasn't actually. For me, I okay. think all of that happened. <laughs> well, I, I think you make a good point, which is uh, his passing shone a huge light on what was happening with the LB- LGBTQ community. Uh, certainly, what was happening with that dreadful disease, um, and part of his legacy has been enabling quite a lot of people who may have been a little myopic about these elements of our uh, of society and uh, elements of that part of our society that section of our society um uh and and enable people to soften their bloody attitude to it finally mm. um well i think also what what adam brings and this is also you know what 40 years brings or or more well, nearly 40 years is that queen can occupy a more uh slightly more political space than the attitudes of the time allowed them to yeah. in yeah. in the eighties, and you know, in in the in in a way that Adam would never have to go through the kind of questioning from the press that Freddie got. They're now able to align themselves with with those issues uh, on stage, yeah. and and you know yes. that's a good. It's still a bad thing that at times they couldn't in the past, but it's a good thing that they can now, yeah. and it's a yeah. it makes for a very. Um, poignant moment on the on the album yeah yeah i think yeah. you're absolutely right and uh, and they're, they're a big symbol for me of they're they're a light uh in terms of what direction progress should be going um just in their attitude musically lyrically uh and physically literally how they present themselves mm. um and unfortunately i think we're living in a world that is unfortunately retreating from that in some ways so 
long live queen is what I say about that. Mm. Um, right. Uh, who wants to live forever? Amazing, amazing. Uh, if you have got the Blu-ray, you'll have a beautiful guitar solo from Brian based on uh, Last Horizon, which is a gorgeous piece of music. Uh, and then we are into, uh, I mean, just a huge anthem in The Show Must Go On, another track that sadly we never got to hear Freddie play live. But um, uh, thanks to Adam Lambert we get a wonderful, wonderful rendition of it here. actually reminds me of Axel Rose's voice, but like if Axel Rose had never drunk or smoked. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Axel. It's a very disciplined Axel Rose sound. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Again, shows how high Freddie's singing on that recording because um, the I'll face it with a grin, I'm never giving in. Even Adam has to uh, be strategic with his breathing. Oh, really? <laughs> to, to create that. It's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's good. It always ma- it makes me think, say Queen had toured Innuendo, mm. where they would have put The Show Must Go On and Innuendo in a set list because they're mm. such colossal tracks and you kind of think you have to end with The Show Must Go On, but you can't because you have to end with... Uh, we are the champions, and we will rock you. So, yeah. how do you how do you fit such a colossal, yeah, bookendy type track in amongst a sort of mm. 20, 20 song live show? Uh, when I saw "We Will Rock You," it opens with innuendo, but with the Queen version playing, and then text mm. on the screen. Um, and it was my favourite bit of the show. It's so like the opening of innuendo is the perfect opening to a show. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's an amazing piece of music and I, I think mm. that's right their set lists their running orders are always genius um you know I've sort of I have to think about running orders a lot in my life with stuff that I do and um I think it's all entirely programmed into my DNA by Queen and I think you're right they mm-hmm. would place innuendo sort of middle of the gig kind of you know with a, you know far away enough from Bohemian Rhapsody and the good distance yeah. away from their opening massive number and it'd sit there in the middle of a gig like a bloody anvil you all you almost need the deeper cuts over the course of one show just to take a like a breather from the hits and from those massive rock tracks so you can understand why they did things like the sort of rock and roll medley Mm. and um sort of some slower tracks 
because just the, to give us all a chance to breathe. <laughs> well, it's it's a it's a bit like the the sort of um, function that Love Kills and I Was Born to Love You play on this because it would almost be too overwhelming mm. if it was essentially just great hits one and two tracks back to back. So they've obviously had to thought about that, and I think the way that they do they finish with the uh, which we're about to come on to. Yeah. Uh, finish with the, the Live Aid set is really, really clever. Mm. Mm. Um, is it worth having a quick chat about Love of My Life? Because I think it is one of the most beautiful renditions of Love of My Life that I've ever seen. This was from the O2 gig uh, in 2018. Is this the track where Freddie sings and yeah. I cried in my car? Yeah. <laughs> that was sort of the bit that oh, I want to play. Cause I, you know, oh, mainly because I want to make John cry. Uh, <laughs> Blubbing on my way back from... Uh, yeah. Uh, away through Cheshire. I mean, Brian sings this song beautifully and he has got a lovely... He's got such a lovely relationship with the audience. He's so intimate when he comes to this little bit where it's just him and the guitar and a spotlight on these gigs playing playing songs like this in 39. Um, but uh, uh, this particular rendition of it, I think, got absolutely everybody... Um, when Freddie came in at the end on a screen behind him. And I'm actually just going to just play this bit of the track because you could just hear us, you could hear the crowd having a real moment, actually, and it's uh, it's captured on a CD, which is amazing. For the rest of you... Let's go! Oh, you well done. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I remember. I remember when um, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but when I technically supported <laughs> uh, on stage, sure. Um, and in that short sort of fifteen-minute set, I think it was fifteen minutes, maybe twenty minutes set they did on the Millennium. When they when they had Freddie come up in that, it just absolutely <sighs> knocks you out. But I do remember thinking over a short set, it it kind of it took too much space, and it was like there wasn't enough of Adam and the band for Freddie not to sort of overwhelm that with his very short cameo. Mm. But I think over the course of a a concert show and over the course of this um, album, it's absolutely perfect because it just it doesn't make you think oh, I wish it was that, it just sort of punches you in the gut and then and then mm. you're back to the band. So I think the balance is, is just right. Honestly, mm. when I'm at a, a modern-day Queen gig, I, I genuinely can't help but feel that Freddie's giving us all a massive hug through the whole <laughs> thing. He's so present. Uh, and his placement there in particular uh, was just one that, that... Obviously, you miss the guy so much. It's so poignant, but... Um, there's also this enormous warmth 
that the whole room is sharing, particularly with Brian. And there was that beautiful, it's worth, I think, this is the main reason I want to get the Blu-ray, actually, is because mm. uh, it's, it's just that moment where right at the end of the track on the video, and I was sat in the perfect position, Freddie does that little Freddie point, and Brian kind of almost gives him that fist bump mm. back, and it's... Um, and it was just be- it was beautiful. It, it, it looked like they were together again just for one moment there. And, and right. it was really magical. You sort of can't even call it theatrics. I mean, Queen yeah. was such a theatrical band live. Yeah. Um, but you can't even call that theatrics. It's, it's too real. Re- real actrics. Yeah, it is real. <laughs> real actrics. It's certainly still innovative. They are still innovating. Yeah. They're still... 100% dedicated to their stage crime. Just a phenomenal band. Mm. Um, so we are now moving into the Live Aid set, if you like, uh, which was from the Firefight Australia concert on Sunday the 26th of February 2020. Um, it was a fundraiser to help with the bushfire crisis that Australia was facing, uh, known as Black the Black Summer. Um, and in the end, that entire thing uh, raised $9.85 million for the bushfire relief charities, which is phenomenal. Mm. Um, the band recreated their famous Live Aid performance, uh, including footage and audio f- of Freddie's AOs from the 86 Wembley uh, performance, the um, <laughs> one which we all love. <laughs> um, um, uh, and it, what a brilliant idea just to, just to do a little run of their best freaking set the best live set any band has ever done anywhere (laughs) um really cool i'm sure you've got a lot to say about this one simon it is it is great it's a great way to end the album actually and it works so well on the dvd as well because you sort of you get consumed by this sort of mini concert really um with the weight of the fact that you are the live aid is so present in our mind for anyone who saw the movie of course you know, yeah it's, it's, mm. the, it's the, the the climax of that uh, to yeah. sort of relive it and we've all sort of been delving back into it as a result so to see it recreated again is wonderful and it's actually such a great collection of of songs they just oh, yeah. they just move into each other so well you know they they play that little bit of bohemian rhapsody and then you know brian finishes the guitar solo and you're straight into radio gaga and then the AOs finish and there's this wonderful minute where you see Freddie turn and walk off stage on the screen as Brian rocks into Hammer to Full Riff yeah. at the beginning. Um, and then you get that sort of like cheeky little crazy little thing called love moment, which just can't you just can't help but listen to with a smile on your face. And then you finish with those two monster tracks that you finish every concert with. Uh, I do want to play the opening of Bohemian Rhapsody. Um because I think it's such a brilliant way to kick off this little run. Um, and uh, it is also, I mean, it is a two minute 20 version of Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, which I actually like. Just a very efficient Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> to make us all happy uh, and get into more Queen, please. Uh, so here we go. <laughs>
what's so, what's so incredible is that that is a, a charity gig that had loads of of acts on um some huge australian acts as well i mean if you go on youtube you can see at the end there's a big finale with john farnham singing your oh, voice wow. that, that wow. brian that brian joins in on as well he plays with it it's oh, a big, really yeah it's great it's I'm really worth that I love trying that to find but um you listen to that and they have the crowd <laughs> Oh yeah, within right. thirty but if seconds. You're, if you're an Australian act playing on a mixed bill, and the Queen come on and play their live set, <laughs> surely you're thinking, "Come on, guys, <laughs> that's not fair." <laughs> I guess they've got the voice. <laughs> you're the voice. So they play Radio Gaga. Of course, it is fantastic. Um, and the AOs are one. I mean, they're just wonderful. And it's. It I is love that they Freddie's play best. Freddie doing it rather than because Adam could do some AOs with a crowd. We know yeah. it works. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. It's really cool that they get. He does to... play, doesn't he, Adam? He will do a little bit of call and response with the crowd, but he's sort of. He's not going to tread on Freddie's toes in any way. He does it in his own little way, often in during a song or something like that. Um, mm. Or he'll go, do you want to play? And everyone goes, yeah, you know, and yeah. then he'll do it. But um, um, yeah, wonderful to get Freddie on for that. Um, I just bloody love Hammer to Fall. I, it's an amazing song. So I'm going to play a little bit of that, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, from my favourite section of the track. Freddie's most difficult notes is in Hammer to Fall, it? but it's really disguised, so you have to really listen very closely to the track, but there's an insane note uh, he hits in the album version of, of Hammer to Fall. Um, so I'll have to give that another listen to see see how Adam gets gets around it. Or, oh yeah, I'm going to listen. Whereabouts is it? Yeah. Do we know? Is it worth finding? Um, I think it might be Baby Now Your Struggles all in vain. Mm. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. It's 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 not it's not like the lead vocal, right? You know, you right. know, in Under Pressure, where it goes, it goes up and then it goes up and then it goes yeah. up again, but you can only just hear it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a similar moment ah. on Hammer to Fall uh, with Freddie's Freddie's vocal, mm-hmm. um, which I'll find when we do the works. Okay, yeah. Fair I'm play. pretty sure whenever Freddie did it live. He always went down. Oh, he, okay. he jumps out of it. Yeah. He goes, oh, you're struggling <laughs> all in vain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet sensible, Adam sensible. doesn't. <laughs> no. No. no.
I would love to know um, if there's any Queen songs Adam just vetoes because he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I can't get anywhere near that. <laughs> I'm sure but not. I, I'm sure it's not. I bet he could sing any of them. Yeah, do you reckon? absolutely. Well, but when he sang in the live version of Under Pressure on this album, he doesn't go because it's a, it's a G, a top G up to an A that Freddie sings on the um, album track. But like you say, he only touches it. <laughs> and I, I, I like that Adam's like going, I'm just going to stick a third below that. It's nice when you hear that because you go, oh, phew. <laughs> he's, not, he's not a god, he is but a man. <laughs> I don't think there is a song that they've got that, they, that he wouldn't have a go at at all. Uh, all right, so they do a wonderful version of Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Um, do you know what? You can, you can almost... You can hear the glee on the, on, the, on the tracks of, the, of them. They're mm. enjoying playing these songs so much. They're mm. enjoying being together so much on stage and making this fantastic sound for everybody who is enjoying them back. Um, yeah, if you can see these guys live, you must see these guys live. There's just no getting around that fact. Um, I'm going to play the very be- opening of uh, We Were Rocky. When I say the very opening, I mean just a few seconds into the very opening. I love what Brian's doing here. a song that the entire planet knows uh, and yet there's Brian just going making it all fresh and fun and exciting and he's got his funky little chicka ching chings going on all the way through the rappy <laughs> bit what a what a brilliant, brilliant, fun thing! Yes. Yeah, I, I think oh, yeah. after all these after all these years, he's just he thought, why do I have to just stand at the side of the stage and look awkward while while Freddie <laughs> sings and, and Roger drums? I, I should I wrote this. I should be joining in. <laughs> <laughs> when um, did they first start yeah. doing the fast version of this? Of we were fast version was that in was... the seventy seven News of the World tour, I think. Yeah, so that was. Oh, that I was see. That was from the, the off thing. Yeah, that version. It, it came. It came from a discussion about um, whether they should open the show with, with "We Will Rock You," as in "We Are Going to Rock You," or close it, um, mm-hmm. because they all felt that it was a natural closer. We have rocked you because it partnered so well with "We Are the Champions." But then Freddie was going, "But mm-hmm. we're, we're saying we're going to rock you at the end of the show, and we've we've already rocked you." So the compromise was mm-hmm. they came up with this fast version to open the show. 
and then finished with the traditional. Gotcha. But there was a lot of fuss about 10 years ago about the discovery of the fast version of We Will Rock You or it being included on something. But I was always like, well, that's the version of Live Killers. Yeah, yeah. it's been around since yeah. 79. Yeah. 77. 79. But they, they did it on the yeah, 77 sort of tour, but Live Killers was 79, yeah. 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 For all to hear is what I mean. Um, yeah. yeah, fantastic. Well, that brings us to the end of this glorious album uh, with We Are The Champions. Shall we uh, listen to a little bit of We Are The Champions and then mm. summarise our thoughts and feelings? We are the an outrage and obviously they're about to come back we know they are but that is that is just awesomeness and i've got to say everyone's pretty much in the mix there that bass is driving that entire sequence and my god they're all going bananas aren't they yeah tyler warren on the timpani there as well just really sounds amazing (laughs) yeah yeah Fantastic. Yeah, it's worth also giving a shout out to the rest of the band, <laughs> yes. like um, Simon said, because Spike Edney's there, mm. um, as he has been for 30, 40 years yeah, now. And he amazing. plays beautifully, yeah. you know, the piano. He was, was at Live Aid. Mm. Yeah. He, was. he played at Live Aid, he played at Wembley in 86. But I was mm-hmm. just going to say, and is a, the, the, the piano on Somebody to Love sounds exactly as Freddie would play it, you know, he's he mm. puts that little detail into how he does it. Mm. Um, yeah. Sorry, John, I cut you off today. No, just to the Spike and he's a lovely guy. Is he? Okay. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, yeah, well, he's a legend. Yeah, absolutely. He was their sort of first um, person to play with them live, wasn't he? Um, when they moved beyond just the four of them. Uh, okay, so in the canon of live albums, I think I'll be putting this one on quite a lot i love their live albums um and uh i have to say that some of their live albums i play more than others this one i'm going to be listening to like a lot i love the production on it i love the emotion behind it i love the energy behind it Mm. the urgency behind it and it's got a damn cool cover as well i think it's it's really interesting because as a sort of super queen dweeb you sort of look at the track listing and you think, oh, I wish there was some deep cuts on there. (laughs) But then actually what this album is, is what Queen have been doing since 1973, Mm. which is giving as many people as possible the best night of their Mm. year on on as big a scale as they can with a state-of-the-art technology that they can lay their hands on. So it's, in a sense, the quintessential Queen live album because it's... 
you know, a million people seeing a band, seeing a light display, listening to, you know, the best possible uh, arrangements of those songs, an inc incredible singer, and walking mm. away thinking, I won't see a better gig than that this year. Yeah. 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 And that's that's what they've always been about is being better than everyone else. Yeah, they'll never phone it in. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, and where this year has been, shall we say, up and down with probably more <laughs> down than up. This is actually genuinely just a lovely, joyful little gift from the band. It's 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 put a song in my heart. It's put a spring in my step. I love listening to it. I love singing <laughs> along to it. Um, and it reminds me of, forgive me, Suze, it reminds me of... Uh, all those gigs where I went to see them and kind of brings back those big smiley memories for me as well. Uh, and I really hope that uh, you will see them uh, with us next year, Suze. I'm sure you I will. will. I'm sure you will. I'll um, be it's there. Looking good. <laughs> um, I've got tickets to be transferred from June this year to whenever Queen next play the O2. I'm. We'll you are going to, to see lose your mind at that gig. You're oh, going, going to, to come out and you're going to be able to sing for weeks because you're completely... <laughs> I'll, just be girl, I'll just keep turning to people and going, oh, oh, God, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> You'll have pruned up from your own tears like you'd been in the bath for two hours. And, yeah, <laughs> like uh, a it's going to be amazing. Um, so how fun has this been to get a new album to chat about? Uh, so... Uh, I think it's really important that they all get in the studio and do a whole new album, Simon. Have a word. <laughs> I think it's really important that Simon goes into the archives and uh, releases all those songs that you can only find on YouTube oh. in full remastered. I want to hear um, Feel Like. Oh, I want to wow. hear Feel Like. Oh, yeah. I want to hear all of the uh, stuff that didn't make it on um, The Miracle and Innuendo, please, Simon. Yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> but yeah. first, just have a word and make sure they go into the studio and make a new album, <laughs> please. It would be really good to get some more music for these guys. Could we do a podcast in the future where we get a studio and we get Adam in the studio and then we just ask him to sing Queen songs that we like? Is that oh, possible? Yeah. yeah. I think it would be a good podcast and I think he should be aware of that. Yes. <laughs> I think he would like he would like to do a good podcast. So yeah, of course. I think I'd be I, I'm pretty sure that's something on his bucket list that hasn't been ticked yet. I really want to do a podcast where some nerds ask me to sing certain Queen songs. <laughs> I think Is that he, better? Would you rather like... the nerds asked you or would you rather sing to the nerds the songs that you like? Should we ask him to sing... His yeah, favourite songs to us. But or I do think we he get him to sing? We get to request them as well. This is, it's for a podcast. And I'd like to request si Simon on drums and <laughs> yeah. uh, Giles on guitar. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm glad that we've got Simon on drums because one of my requests will be Khashoggi's ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a really good podcast when Adam definitely does that. <laughs> What what song yeah. would you sing with Adam Lambert, Suze? If you could sing one song with Adam Lambert, <laughs> what would it be? Um, it has to be a Queen song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like it's, it's too podcast. big a question, and I'm liar. Oh wow! I do liar. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'd 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 put some money on a Patreon account to hear you and you and Adam sing liar together. That'd be amazing. Fantastic. Well, let's ask him. Because he might be a bit po he might be a bit intimidated by me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's 
has he got the level of detail you know. that you have? We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the precision yeah, that's going to make him bulk. Um, yeah. I think next week uh, we're coming to the end of the season. Um, so uh, this was a boon, uh, 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 an extra special episode, getting to review an album by Queen, and it has been a tremendous joy to do. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, and next week we're going to try and do uh, uh, something of a, a fan special, if you like, uh, where we try and answer as many of your questions as we can uh, and uh, do things like uh, find out what the um, album cover ranking is uh, when we factor in all of your top 10 so please send them in uh, to queenpod at thequeenpodcast.com uh, you can comment at thequeenpod on twitter and instagram please take the time to give us a star rating on your podcast platform give us a little review it is important it will it will help and just spread the word uh, amongst queen fandom in general please that we're here and we love queen uh, as much as you um, so thank you Suze, Simon, John and producer Giles goodbye bye bye This has been The Queen Pod, a Seven Seas Films production, edited and produced by me, Fergus March. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and stay in touch by emailing queenpod at thequeenpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. 